everybody. This is Kimberly. And this is Katie. And you're listening to A Double Date with Dateline. Woohoo! We have not done this in a very long time where we have split an episode into two. Usually we do a brand new episode for double dates, usually a blood relative from ID Network. But Dateline brought us a monster, a big, great whale, and we had to divide it up into two pieces. So this is part two of The Doomsday Files, a.k.a. Where are the Doomsday Files? Lori Vallow would not appreciate you referring to her as a whale. (laughs) I'm going to tell you that right now. She's extremely fit. We are doing part two in vain. This is part two. Part one was on Wednesday. So please listen to that first. And please listen to all of our Datelines on this case or all of Datelines episodes on this case because it's very confusing and you won't understand and datelines is called mommy doomsday keith's narrated podcast but also where are the children what happened to the children what happened to jj and tylee and mommy doomsday those are the four dateline episodes on this case wow so we're number five and this is part two of the latest episode because it's double doomsday it's so much information we weren't going to get through it in one so i hope Please don't be grumpy. Enjoy part two. Who's going to be grumpy? They're going to do episodes. But maybe they were waiting specifically to hear our opinion on a part that's towards the end. And then it would not have been in part one. Well, they had to wait two days. I'm so sorry. You had to wait two days. So this episode aired on November 12th, 2001. Season 30, which has been just the most amazing season to date. Episode eight, hosted by Keith Morrison and Nate Eaton, favorite local reporter and his nephew, Eric. We left off when Chad and Lori got married in Hawaii, and it wasn't at all tacky, considering his wife was murdered two weeks before. So they rent an apartment in Hawaii from a woman, Jeannie, who is a character. Jean, Jeannie. I loved Jeannie. I gave her immediate MVP status. Yeah. The minute I saw her, I said, well, Jeannie, congratulations. My only concern is I would like for her to wear more sunscreen because she lives in Hawaii and I'm concerned for her skin health. I know you are, but that is not Jeannie's style. No. And Jeannie's going to be real irritated if you bring that up to her. And I think she's probably been told that by about a thousand tourists. And she's not probably going to take kindly to it. Jeannie does Jeannie. She will not hear anything against it. She's going to be upset when I fly to Hawaii and point out all the suspicious moles on her body. Yeah, no one would like that. <laughs> no one wants to hear that. But especially, it's like someone commenting when you're eating something bad for you. And they're like, you really shouldn't eat that. Nothing gets you punched in the face faster than that. I'm upset already. But... Agreed. I want Jeannie to live forever because she seems very sweet. Yeah. (laughs) She seems no nonsense, too. So Chad and Lori come to rent an apartment from her. And Chad writes down that his income is $30,000 a month. Oh, I thought he said a year. No, a month. From donations? He was an author. Those amazing self-published books about one foot in the grave, et cetera. Yeah, he wasn't making 30000 a month. Maybe from all the life insurance policies off of all the people that they killed, that could add up to 30000 a month. Interesting. Or he just lied. Or he just lied. He said he was an author looking for a peaceful place to write. And as they're leaving, Lori told Jeannie 
you know, Chad is a healer. So if you ever need anything like those suspicious moles looked at, he is a healer. He could recommend a good SPF. And Jeannie's reaction was, oh, if you say so, okay, which is probably the reaction she'd have if I mentioned SPF to her. And later, Jeannie was very curious about this couple. So she gave him a bing and she found out that Chad's wife was killed or died mysteriously two weeks earlier. So she texts Chad and she says, I just read about your wife. That must have been horrible. What a shock. And it's only been two weeks. And he says, yes, I woke up and it appeared that she had been dead for several hours, which I'm not sure if that's the same story he was telling the police. Didn't he wake up with her and she was very sick in the middle of the night? So I think that we are getting confused because we both watched the 48 hours with Chad Daybell's children where they go into depth about the day she died. I don't know if Dateline ever specifically says anything, like if we get any background info about the day. What we're getting from Lori is when or Lori's friend check, texted Lori did you hear that Tammy died? And Lori says, oh my gosh, I didn't hear. And the friend says, yeah, she woke up in the middle of the night. She threw up and then she collapsed and she just died. And I'd never heard that before ever. Yeah, that was on the new Dateline. That was this new episode. That does not correspond with what Chad told Jeannie, that he woke up and she was dead and had been dead for several hours. But I had thought that she, to when he when we get this Jeannie text, that is what I thought actually happened. So from the previous Datelines, they, that must have been the story because I had not watched the special with Chad's children yet. So that is what I thought she had died in her sleep. But what do they say on the 48 hours? They go into depth about like how she was out of bed. She had fallen out of bed. She had been really sick that night and had been coughing and stuff. There was like other stuff. But she did die in her sleep. I don't know. I don't think so. I think she, like, never slept, but maybe she died in bed. Does that make sense? It does, but it. I guess it doesn't matter if Chad is lying to Jeannie. We know he's lying, so it doesn't really matter. Yeah, it doesn't. But the more curious part of this is among Jeannie's excellent character traits are nosy, yeah, Nellie, and also she's gutsy. I can't believe she texted her new tenant about his recently deceased wife. So glad you're moving in. I happened to look your name up and I I just happened to stumble upon an article about how your wife just died. It's only been two weeks. Wow. What's going on? How do you know Lori? Did you know Lori before? Did your wife know Lori? What, what's going on? It's only been two. She's just fully asking all the questions that we want to know. And I loved it. It is. It's wonderful. So Chad tells her, Tammy spoke to me at the grave site at her funeral and said she's happy on the other side of the veil and that I should go on with my life, which apparently means marry your blonde hoochie in two weeks. That's totally fine. And Jeannie goes, I thought, are you disconnected? Which is the new shade, I think. It's the new, what you talking about, Willis? Are you disconnected? It also sounds very much like cult speak. Like when my friend said to me, I was being very inauthentic at that moment. It's almost like she said, are you disconnected right now? 
reminds me a lot of my friend Ramey, who was riding on a bus in Los Angeles, and a woman that was very brightly dressed said, somebody, two other people started fighting on the bus, and the woman goes, oh, no, 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 I got to get off this disco bus. Ramey was like, what? And I guess disco stood for disconnected. Oh, really? Yeah. So maybe got to get off this disco bus. (laughs) I got to get off this disco bus. You want to use it, don't you? This disco bus is super sus. T-shirt idea. End of 2021. So Jeannie keeps crying and Chad just stops writing her back because he knows Nosy Nelly is onto him. He literally goes there, get it? Because grave, grave digger. Other side of the veil. Yeah, there we go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he goes to her. But she can join our PI team anytime. I'm happy with her. So back in Utah, Lori's niece, Melanie, is talking to the police. Melanie of the dead black eyes variety, not the other Melanie. There's two Melanies. It's very confusing. Do we see the other Melanie this episode, though? No, thank God. They kept them separate. Okay, good. Let's not bring her up. One, the one Melanie. <laughs> yeah, the only Melanie that matters right now. She showed up at Brandon's parents' place. Brandon, her ex who got shot at by Alex, who was scared and took the kids away because he got shot at by Alex. She's trying to get the kids back or check on the kids. And he's in hiding and she is trespassing. Apparently, she's shown up there several times. I'm not sure if they said that in the episode, but Dateline producer said, that her and Alex had tried to track him down and showed up at three different places where they thought he was. They're looking for him. And at this specific place, I think they said that this was her second night in a row there. Yeah. So. Yeah. That's bad. And so they're like, you can't be here. They have a trespassing order against you. You can't be here. And she says, well, he took my kids and I just want to make sure they're safe. And can I speak to a victim's advocate? So. This is Lori speak. Lori, who was a participant in her husband Charles's murder, was offered a victim's advocate. She has clearly told Melanie, make yourself appear to be the victim, even though you're trespassing, and ask for a victim's advocate. And the officers are being pretty nice to her. Like, if she was anyone else, she would have been taken down a long time ago. It's a little frustrating. Yeah. And then they see a guy in a car and it's Alex. So they go over and talk to him. He's very calm. And they ask for his ID and he takes it out of his wallet. Like he doesn't get shot or anything. It's very peaceful. And they don't appear to run his history at all. Because if they were, I would think they would see that he was arrested for attacking one of his sister's exes and then shooting the other ex. And now he's with his niece's ex at his house. I would think that there would be some concern there, but there is no concern. And they're joking around with him. Again, makes me think this is a state by state thing, because right now we're in Colorado, right? Yeah, but you can see other people's crimes, I think, in other states. We need law to call us on this. Actually, I'm going to ask my cousin who's a cop and I will find out because I need to know how much they can see if they're just running real quick at the station. I'm wondering if that's a longer search. So immediately they run in the state that they're in. Yeah. Because they have this big, long rigmarole who's on first about where they actually live. And the cops are like, 
but wait, you're from Arizona, because I think he hands them an Arizona ID. Yeah. So, and it's a big... Wh- but he just moved to Idaho, he says. Yeah. Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. What are you doing here? It's a whole thing. So they first decide to give Melanie a ticket. Then they decide to arrest her. And they are very nice to her. Are these cuffs too tight? Okay. I'm not sure if you noticed, but there is what appears to be a pink slash purple interrogation room blanket in the police station. Very happy for you whenever that happens. Mark it off your bingo cards, folks. Mark it off your bingo cards. Katie fought for that to be on the bingo cards for so long, and she got it. Years. That's sad. That's sad that I am the only other person on this podcast, and I had to fight for that one thing. (laughs) I do take control of the bingo cards. Can I get a collective aw? But then Kimberly needs a collective aw for actually creating the bingo cards. It's a lot of work, actually. Single-handedly. I don't even even get an aw. I get a, well, maybe you should do more work, (laughs) jerk. So hold on a second. I have a suspicion that they're really nice to her at the actual home because it's nighttime and so they can't actually see her face. But once she's in the well-lit police station, when things start to ramp up... They see her dead black eyes and they're like, she's clearly a demon. See what I'm saying? Arrest that woman. Okay, that makes sense. Okay. Yeah. Good. I I actually feel like that might be what's happened. Thank you. So basically the cops there could have foiled a murder plot that night and not just Brandon, but also the kids, because apparently two of Melanie's kids were zombies now. So that means those kids were in severe danger. Yeah, they were. Alex bails her out. Melanie pleads guilty to a misdemeanor of trespassing and gets probation. And she's smiling in her mugshot. I was surprised that they gave her a domestic violence charge. Did that surprise you? I guess because she had gone in the garage and... How is that not breaking and entering? Yeah, I'm not sure. Okay, but I was also surprised that then she wasn't eventually charged with that. No, they dropped that. She just gets probation. That's really irritating. I also think that what happened, because they do ramp it up once she's in the station, is I think Brandon asked for her to be charged. I think Brandon would specifically be like, throw everything you can at her. I need her to not come back because the restraining order isn't doing any good. Yeah, maybe. I don't know if they'd listen to him. But the Dateline producer, who I always just say Dateline producer, it's Shane Bishop. And he is the producer of this episode. But it's a different person tweeting every week under the Twitter handle Dateline producer. He said that there's speculation that she was trying to start a confrontation with Brandon that night so that Alex could step in like he did with Charles and take care of the situation. So she goes in. Absolutely. Starts a fight. Alex has to step in and protect Melanie. And oops, Brandon is now dead. Oops, is he did it again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So now Alex is about to be rewarded for all of his help. In Chad and Lori's new church, which is Church of the Firstborn, sorry to my brother, Matt, do not qualify, Chad performs a patriarchal blessing, which is borrowed from Mormonism, and it's a big deal. It's a -a once-in-a-lifetime honor, and Nate, the reporter, tells us that if LDS members found out about this, it would be blasphemy, that Chad would anoint himself as a patriarch, and perform such a blessing on Alex. It's super shady. I feel like we're past it, though. 
They've already done so much. He's killing people, children, just wanton disregard for human life, all in the name of some sort of form of religion that he has made up in his mind. So he's just taking from whatever. He just took that patriarchal idea. I, I think he's so far from the LDS church at this point. He's never going back. This is too far. He's burned his bridges. So in the ceremony, he says, Alexander Lamar Cox, because Alex's middle name is Lamar. Find that funny? I have no comment. I found that funny. I lay my hands upon your head because they're always laying hands upon the head as a member of the Church of the Firstborn, of which you have earned the privilege to be a member. If I'm Alex at this point, I'm thinking, why does Lori and Melanie, why do they get to join for free? And I have to kill people. My entrance fee is murder. What? How is that fair? Oh, I've earned the privilege after killing a bunch of people. But they just get to watch the pretty ladies. Girls for girls drink free. They just get to come on in. I'd be pretty mad. Yeah. And it mentions the service mentions all of the service that he has done to protect the powerful goddess Lori. And he was chosen as her brother to protect her. And what he's being blessed with is a wife and perhaps some loin fire of his own. You will be united with a partner who will match your powers and complement your strength. Now, I don't think Alex's powers are matched by Zulema's because Zulema can bend the elements at her will and cause earthquakes and hurricanes. Alex just fires at people with a gun and sometimes misses. Do you think that Alex thinks he has some special gifts, though? No. You sure? Absolutely. I mean, you think Alex has not convinced himself that he has some special gifts? No, I think he's convinced. I think they've convinced him that he is barely worthy of being in the church. So he better keep doing stuff for them. I see. Okay. So then when, so he knows when they're saying that we're giving you someone to match your gifts, that it's all BS. It's baloney. Yeah. Or they're making him feel like his power is to be like a knight in shining armor. It's the protector. To his sister. That is, again, he's way too close to Schmincest. But even with that, he's not succeeded that much. I mean, he didn't hit Tammy, although she did later die, and he didn't hit Brandon. He did hit Charles. He doesn't have an amazing track record or anything, but Hmm. he's still getting rewarded with Zulema. So for the first time ever, we see Zulema, and she's talking to the police. The police are so fascinated by her story. There's three or four of them in there, and they're like, elbow they're like the the hand under the chin just like eagerly like listening to all of this except one dude on an ipad oh well he's not paying attention sorry he's not a dude he's a detective but no i feel like he was looking stuff up she was saying i was like who's that guy research guy because he had the ipad going but then he did keep looking up and then doing his thing and then looking up and i was just wondering what he was looking at that's all interesting confirming facts no i bet what he's doing is Looking up the weather channel, are there any hurricanes happening right now? Are there any earthquakes happening right now? Is she using her powers on us right now? No, forecast is good. Okay, continue. Got to be a little scared. Is there a basement in that police station? Because there could be a lot of weather if you piss her off. Oh, you think they believed in her? 
No, I don't. Not for a second. Yeah, I don't think so. So we're seeing her talk, and she is a charter member of the Church of the Firstborn. She can conjure storms. She can conjure up fires. I can, too. They're called matches. And earthquakes. Dateline asks, don't give me that look. It was not what I thought you were going to say. I should be giving you an approving look. It was going to be something else. What did you think I was going to say? I don't. You bring up poop a lot. I thought it was going to be something about fire from your bum, to be honest. <laughs> like Jake said in Bake Off the other day, he said, ride that lightning or something. <laughs> ride the lightning. Yeah, <laughs> ride the lightning. But no, it's come up, I would say, at least once an episode. <laughs> the word poop is in the episode. I make no apologies. We're a classy joint over here at A Date with the Dateline channel. So she can do all this stuff. She can create earthquakes. And, you know, Dateline asks people on Twitter questions and it appears in the bottom right of the screen. I see them all the time. I saw this. I know what you saw. Yeah. I usually ignore them unless they're like super interesting or just weird or like, why are they asking that? So at this point, Dateline asks, do you know anyone that has special powers? This one caught my eye, too. <laughs> I looked at the answers. You got a lot of weird answers in there. A couple of people thought they do know people with special powers. Most people said no. But a lot of people said, yeah, I have a BS detector. That's pretty good. And then a lot of people were just like, God, God is the only one. And then a bunch of people were like, yes, praise. Oh, my. Oh, praise him. Do you have any special powers? That's <laughs> Probably has to do with pooping. I was, I was going to say, please don't say poop. If you had one, what would you want? Oh, I would want to. You like, I always wish I could read people's minds to tell if they were lying or not, because then I could be a really good detective and I could help solve murders. Mm -hmm. But you'd have to be able to shut it off because otherwise there was a Buffy episode and it was just very upsetting <laughs> hearing people's thoughts all the time. And also, I would like to fly because I'm very scared of heights, but I also hate sitting in traffic. And I would never have to sit in traffic again. Okay. What about you? I used to think it was reading people's minds, but now I don't want to. I don't think I'd like that very much. I think you get too muddy. I've got enough going on. So I was thinking, I think the person that I like the most in, in the X-Men, in the Marvel universe, the people that I keep liking a lot are the people that are really, really fast. Like they're faster than time. So everything around them is slow and they're moving things around and doing things. Mm -hmm. And I think I would like that because I think that there's so many things that I would like to do over. So I'd like to also be able to go backwards. So if I said something and I immediately didn't, I was like, that wasn't the right thing to say. I could go back and change it that fast. I think that would be, I think that speed would be, that's it. Well, I think that would be more like a time traveler. Yeah, kind of. But I, I wouldn't need it for all time, just immediate, like how you can delete an email 30 seconds after you've done it. Yeah. You don't want to like go back to the, you know, ancient times. I'm not interested in that. I'm interested in being able to slightly adjust what's about to happen and what has just happened. So like move things a little bit. Correct. If you accidentally put your foot in your mouth. Or to like save someone. If it was a tiny accident. And somebody was about to fall down and chip their tooth and they didn't have the money to buy a new tooth. I could pick them up before they chip their tooth like small stuff. <laughs> but you're not like killing baby Hitler. You're just saving someone from a dental emergency. No, it's just forward and back. 
And then also that works for traffic because you're real fast. So you just go. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Win-win. Yeah. I like it. So Zulema says that Lori and Chad made her feel so special. And then she really fell for Alex. She could have deep, deep conversations with Alex about the scriptures. And I wrote, him? Alex? Deep conversations, you say? He was really into it, right? I think by scriptures, she means Chad Daybell's series of self-published novels, One Foot in the Grave. I gotta be honest with you, Alex looks like he barely can read. Oh, He's a stand-up comedian. He's a stand-up comedian who lost his massage therapy license, which we will learn due to sexual misconduct. Oh, that's right. I don't know. I feel like he just looks like a guy. He just he just looks like a typical, typical guy. He's a basic bisque. Kind of. He's just a typical 45-year-old guy. The guy version of a basic B. Middle-aged basic. Yeah. That's it. So, but apparently they had really deep conversations about the scriptures. Zulema has been married three times or maybe more. Dateline actually thinks it might be five times, but they could only confirm the three marriages. Because she's changed her name multiple times, I'm guessing? Possibly. Lori and Chad tell her that she has to marry Alex to complete her mission. And she does worry that Alex didn't really love her and he was just doing it because of Chad and Lori. Yeah. No, duh. But I think he was also lonely. So just because he wasn't in love with her did not mean he didn't like her. That's true. It seemed like they did have a good friendship, if nothing else. And loin fire. He wants some loin fire of his own. Yeah, she didn't mention the loin fire. No, but she does mention a massage. So before they can get married, JJ's grandparents. Now, JJ, the child who is missing, you might remember his grandparents. They are heroes. They started this whole thing. Literally, this whole epic saga started because of them. Kay and... Kay and Larry. Kay and Larry Woodcock. Yep. Yeah. They wanted the police to go check on JJ, their grandson, because they hadn't been able to see him. And they, the police went there. She lied about Frozen 2. She said he was with the other lady who we're not mentioning because she has the same name as someone in this episode and it's confusing. They said, okay, but the police come back the next day and she's gone. She has pieced out with all of her stuff. She's in Hawaii with Chad. But Keith says via Orange County, California, which I don't know why he felt the need to mention. But he loves Orange County. He lives there. Well, did they fly out of John Wayne? They must have flown out of John Wayne. Which is weird to me. But maybe they have flights to Hawaii. Yeah, John Wayne or LAX. I don't know. But Keith gives... Orange County a shout out. I thought it was funny. And so at this point, a nationwide search for the children is underway. Right. Zulema and Melanie are, and some of the other members of the church are kind of freaked out because they can't reach Chad and Lori. Chad and Lori have gone to Hawaii. They are not answering their calls. And they Zulema says they felt like they had no guidance because these are their spiritual leaders that have now like fled from authorities and are not answering their calls. But it's not a cult. <laughs> but it's totes not a cult, guys. So Zulema and Alex felt like, well, Lori and Chad got married really quickly in Hawaii. Maybe we should get married really quickly. So they go to Vegas and get married and they bring along with them Melanie, 
and her new guy, Ian. So she had Alex shoot at her ex, Brandon. Then she meets this new guy, Ian. And a few weeks later, she takes him to Vegas and they get married at a chapel there. So they're all just marrying really fast and basically preparing for the end times. They feel like something is going down and we need to be united. Do you feel like they're getting married because of the self-incrimination thing? That's possible, but that, yeah, that's definitely possible. But I kind of felt like it was more the spirit. I guess it could be both. It seems incredibly deliberate and fast for a reason, as though they were trying to protect something. Yeah, that's possible, too. I'm not sure if their vows included in sickness and in loin fire, but I'd like to think they do, because they will be in mine if I ever get married. Speaking of loin fire, what else shines as bright as the sun? Your gorgeous hair. What is your secret? It's just the whitest, like snow. It's like Khaleesi. And that is thanks to prose. And only thanks to prose. Because you can bleach your hair all you want, but to keep it looking nice and strong and thick and shiny, you gotta have good hair care products. And that's where prose comes into the picture. Prose is the world's most personalized hair care. And I want to tell you folks about the incredible results I am seeing in my own tresses using my customized Pros products. Pros knows that there is more to you than just your hair type. Pros has given over 1 million consultations with their in-depth hair quiz, which is how I got started. When you go to pros.com, you're going to take a quiz that asks very detailed questions, things like where you live, so they want to know the climate, what are your eating habits, what's the damage level of your hair. I just took the quiz. Yeah. And I found out that my city has lots of pollution. Yes, it does. So I will be getting some specialized hair care from pros. Yeah. And they also want to know like your level of exercise, a bunch of stuff that helps let them know what kind of condition your hair is in and what you could benefit from from hair care products. They analyze over 85 personal factors to determine a unique blend of ingredients to treat your exact concerns. So the products that you're getting from Pros are customized specifically for you. Pros also has a review and refine feature that lets you tweak your formulas for any reason, like a change of address if you change your hair color or you change your diet. A good friend of mine is possibly going to have to go gluten-free for digestive issues. Mm-hmm. Pros needs to know about that. Yeah, oh, I will be informing them. As a carbon-neutral certified B Corp, Pros is an industry leader in clean and responsible beauty, which we love at A Date with Dateline. All of their ingredients are sustainably sourced, ethically gathered, and cruelty-free. They're also the first custom beauty brand to go carbon neutral. So three cheers for Pros. Great job. And if you're not 100% positive that Pros is the best hair care you've ever had, they will take the products back, no question asked. But I think you're going to love them. Also, because you can choose a scent, they also smell amazing. Not like that fakey kind of, do you know what I'm talking about? Certain shampoos and conditioners smell terrible. The hair oil I have from Pros, Oliver comments on it every time I have it in my hair. Because it just smells good, but not overpowering when you're standing next to me. I like that. I like to smell nice. Pros is the healthy hair care regimen with your name written all over it. Take your free in-depth hair consultation and get 15% off your first order today. Just go to pros.com slash date dateline. That's P-R-O-S-E dot com slash date dateline for your free in-depth hair consultation and 15% off. 
And folks, it's the season of giving. Give yourself beautiful hair for next year and try pros. Strike a pros. Pros, 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 pros. Thank you, pros. The day after Alex and Zulema get married in Vegas, something very strange happens that we knew nothing about and are hearing about for the first time. And it was shocking to me. They're at their hotel. Alex, who was trained as a massage therapist but lost his license over sexual misconduct, and Keith just drops that nugget for us and then walks right away and leaves us to ponder and go, what did he just say? Mm-hmm. I guess he's murdered people, so we shouldn't be that shocked, but it was still kind of shocking. And Alex offers to give Zulema a massage for her back. And she says, great, except something strange happened. Before he would give me the massage, he said he had to go to Walmart. I'll mark Walmart off your bingo cards because he wanted to buy a big, huge piece of plastic so the oil from the massage didn't get on the bed. And Zulema, okay, that checks out. That's a giant red flag. He's obviously copying from Dexter and is trying to hide a murder scene. But she's thinking he's so considerate to the hotel maid staff. He doesn't want the comforter to get all gross. What's going on? No, it's so scary. Is she just so naive? She just married him the day before. How how long had they just not known each other at all? I think they just knew each other at, through the group, but maybe not that closely. So maybe she didn't know exactly what was happening, all that he had done. Yeah, but still. Was she just terrified of him? And so she didn't, she couldn't run? No, she wasn't scared at all. So he goes to the Walmart and he gets the plastic and he gives her the massage. And afterwards, she starts to feel really drowsy. Oh, my gosh. And that's when she starts to think, huh, something's weird. And she hears him talking on the phone and she's in this haze and she says, who are you talking to? And he says, oh, no, I'm, I'm just talking to myself. Looking back, she knows that he was probably talking to Lori and Chad Ugh. and that her life almost ended that night. And she said he acted really weird and didn't say anything for the rest of the night. And she was very confused. So and the police are telling her, yeah, your instincts are right. You almost died. But why? So there this is the question that Keith talks to the podcasters about podcasters that aren't us. And did she know too much? <laughs> did perhaps they wanted her to go to the other side, the other side of the veil to start create an earthquake or s speed up the end times process? Because now they're in trouble with the police and they need it to happen like now. And that's the podcasters think that that's a plausible explanation why they needed her to die. But they didn't tell her about this plan. Like, we're going to kill you and you're going to do it willingly so that you can create an earthquake. Because I don't know, they didn't believe they didn't know if she believed enough to willingly die. Or maybe they were afraid she'd be like, oh, no, no, I was joking about all the powers stuff. <laughs> Is that I don't know. Just saying. I was totally joking. My my actual superpower is I can I have a perfect palate so I can taste that something needs more garlic, a little bit more salt. I can also tell the difference between any color of fuchsia. Like I could see like I know all the colors. Oh, like if it's the perfect color wheel in her brain. Yeah, I can point 
out all the colors in the, only in the red shade, only in the reds and pinks, though. Got it. Only from ruby to violet. But that's it. Yeah, that's all we got. Mm-hmm. That's hilarious. But if you take me to a Sherman Williams, I am very helpful. I'm the one. Yeah. <laughs> and I just lied and said that I could create a hurricane or a storm. Sorry. It sounded better in my application. Yeah. It's like when you beef up your application, but if you were just like a customer service person, you're like international relations with. Totally. I spoke to someone from Japan once. That's yeah. So (laughs) Melanie's new husband, Ian, he has an ex-wife. Is a robot? He's a robot. No, something's he's been hypnotized. There's something happening with him. So he has an ex-wife because Not one person in this episode is still on their first marriage. Not that there's anything wrong with that. No. It's just something to note. And most of them are on their third, fourth, or fifth. But they're very religious. So Ian has this ex-wife who has heard about Brandon being shot at. And she she's concerned because I think they have kids together. And she's like, I don't want you married. You married this person, Melanie who we don't know anything about, I'm digging and I'm hearing really bad things. So the ex calls Brandon. So Ian and Melanie are now married. Ian's ex calls Melanie's ex, Brandon. I'm trying to make a chart so you guys can understand what I'm saying here. It's good. So she calls Brandon and says, Melanie admitted to Ian that she and her uncle Alex plotted your murder. I'm so sorry, Brandon. And she sounds very upset. And Brandon is so nice. He's saying, I'm sorry, Natalie. Like, why is he sorry? I think they should hook up. I am shipping them. But also, did Melanie really admit that to Ian? Do we have confirmation of that? Ian is not turning her in. So where is the ex getting this from? Well, Ian was going to turn her in. So this is the whole weird conundrum of Melanie and her new husband, Ian, is that Ian seems to be flip-flopping a little bit, which, again, is why I feel like he's hypnotized or something has happened. Clovis-matized. It it literally seems like they're drugging him. A love potion. Yeah, like something is, and it's something also in the way that he is in the interview. He doesn't sort of look up. He looks at her the whole time if they're sitting next to each other. He has big dark circles under his eyes, like he hasn't slept in about a month. One of the tweets from Dateline producer was that Lori admitted to a friend that she would regularly put Valium in Charles's drinks to keep him calm. What is up with these people and the drugs, too? That's a weird new twist to this. So Melanie would totally get that behavior from her aunt and do the same thing. Okay. There you go. Melanie has never been charged with this, and she denies anything about knowing what Alex was doing, shooting at her ex, Brandon, but it's still an open investigation. But Ian and his ex go to the police because she is still super concerned. And he agrees because now like, he kind of thinks maybe Melanie is shady, his new wife, Melanie. So he agrees to wear a wire for the FBI The FBI are involved in this local police case because the children are missing and the FBI are looking for the children. So he wears a wire and is taping his brand new wife, Melanie, but he quickly is served enough love potion that he changes his mind and he admits to her, 
I'm actually secretly recording you right now. And she forgives him and they are totally still married. Ian, you in danger, girl. Yes. God forbid you become dark or you get possessed by a demon named Nathan Schneider. It's going to be really bad. How did he not get put on the zombie list after he secretly recorded Melanie? All these other people didn't do much, but this guy who went to the FBI with information, he's not a zombie? We're fine with Ian? Well, I think because he said, I'm taping you, but I believe you and I still love you and I'm going to tell them I'm not helping them anymore. So it was like it all came about at one time. It wasn't like she had time to ponder He's been taping me for the FBI. He doesn't believe me. He was taping me. He does believe me now, you know, so we don't need to kill him. He's he's on our side. I still feel like too little too late. How good are these people, though, that he got involved with her in a few weeks and was marrying her and like fully indoctrinated into this church? He's totally on board with Lori and Chad and all of this that quickly. I would like a lot more information on that on what the seminars were like, what was happening here. Yeah. It, it seems unnaturally fast, but I mean, I guess that's how cults work, right? Yeah. No, I mean, a lot of people get married that fast, but that doesn't mean they're willing to embrace their new spouse's religion that is slightly off-center that fast. No, they met through the church. That's how Ian and her met. So the ex then, was she in the church? I'm wondering if she was in and then left, but was smart enough to stay on the good side because she knew she was going to get killed. Yeah. Or they think she's a zombie now. Mm-hmm. She's in danger, too. Yeah, she definitely is. So Alex tells Zulema, I was okay with killing Charles because it was like killing a zombie. So I'm fine with that. I've made peace with that. Mm-hmm. And... Everything's okay, even though he tried to murder her, but they're over that now. That's all in the past. It's all in the past. It was like three days ago. And Chad and Lori call them and say, Alex, they're exhuming Tammy's body. And Zulema said he freaked out. He starts thinking, I think I'm going down for this. I think Chad and Lori are using me as their fall guy. And he starts to have doubts about his sister and Chad. And Zulema's like, what are they using you as the fall guy for? What did you do? What are you talking about? And he won't say. And she's confused because she's telling the police, she's like, I was still thinking of Lori and Chad as very spiritual, kind, loving, charming, law-abiding, God-fearing people, which is the most adjectives ever used on a dateline. It's a lot of adjectives. She's nothing if not descriptive. And they're all wrong. They're all incorrect adjectives. It is the most wrong adjectives we've ever seen. So Alex tells her, if anything happens to me, mark it off your bingo cards. Mm -hmm. There's money in a bag in the closet. It's not much. It's like five to seven thousand, which is a lot of money to most people. It is a lot of money, but it makes me really sad at the same time because... Chad said he made 30000 a month. Right. And you can only give him. Yeah. That's all that poor Alex has saved after all the stuff he's doing, going around trying to shoot people's zombie husbands and wives. I don't know. Maybe if he had shot Brandon, he'd have like eight or 9000 It's very sad. 
doesn't Alex, though, seem like he might have some sort of vices that he's spending a lot of money on? I think Alex has some secrets. Yeah. I think Alex is maybe has some trouble. Yeah. I think he's constantly had a lot of trouble. And I think that he has some vices in a way that get him into trouble. And I think that he's one of those people that being heavily involved in this cult Mm -hmm. keep him from those other things. Right. Instead, veering him towards murder. Towards murder. Sure. Great. Awesome. But at least you're not gambling anymore, buddy. I was more the other thing that he was accused of. At least you're not sexually assaulting people. Harassing people. Right. Or assault. Yeah. Oh, my. Yeah. So now Keith does a recap of what we've seen so far. It's been a year since Chad and Lori met. Their spouses are dead. Her children are presumed dead. Brandon survived an attack. It's a tally worthy of La Cosa Nostra or some sort of crime family. I had to look it up. I did not know what that meant. It's the Sicilian Mafia. Did you learn anything interesting? No, just that it was the Sicilian Mafia, which is enough for me to start a conversation at a dinner party and then walk away because that's the only fact that I know. How are you going to do that? (gasps) Did you guys hear about the Cosa Nostra? Mm -hmm. And then just move. That's what you're going to do? Yeah. Oh, canapes. Walk away. I can't even eat any canapes right now. I'd be like, canapes, what's the ingredients list on that? That's the beauty of this. It's really good. That's actually, uh, can I borrow that? Yeah. But we need to decide before we go in if we're going to one together. Right. Who gets to say it. Who's using it. Yeah, for sure. Right. We can switch off. Yeah. I get to go first because it's mine. It's yours. Yeah. When I have one, I'll go first. Okay. Okay. There's more, though. There's more deaths coming up. A few days after Alex tells Zulema, in case anything happens to me, and Keith says it's so funny, he says it very staccato. He goes, if anything happens to me, it's very strange. He did? Oh, that's funny. Yeah, it's very odd. A few days after this, Alex collapses at his home. And he ends up dying at the hospital. And Zulema was there. She said at one point they tell her she can't hold him or touch him anymore because it's now a crime scene. However, it's very mysterious. And it happened only a few days after he said, if anything happens to me. But Mm -hmm. the autopsy says that it was natural causes. It was blood clots in his lungs. And Zulema says that he had been complaining about chest pains for the past week. He was 51. He had only been married to Zulema for less than two weeks. And Keith says it's awfully convenient. Yes, it is. It's too convenient. But you can't fake that, right? Yes. There are things that you can give someone that will cause blood clots. Who? Who said that? Twitter. I was really hoping you weren't going to say Twitter. Is it really? Dang it. It's not that I don't trust Twitter. It's just, I've been burned before. We all have. So Charles's brothers, remember Charles, remember his brothers? They're very cranky and they are actually glad that Alex is dead, they say, because um, one of them says, I might have paid him a little visit. I thought that was very funny. I was going to kill him if he didn't already die. Funny's the wrong word. I found that Sad, but very believable. And I appreciate him having the guts to say that on national television. Great job, buddy. He did. Yeah. He's like, I got closure because he died. 
Yeah. I'm not sad he's dead. I wanted him dead. I would have killed him myself. It's a moment of truth. Cut to Hawaii, where Chad and Lori are walking on the beach with Hawaii written on the butt of her skirt. And it's been a month. I'm obsessed. I don't know why I mentioned it in every episode. Every episode, at least once. I think this is number two count for this. If anybody, don't play a drinking game with Kimberly. (laughs) We all have those things, though, that we get fixated on. Did you never have sweats that said anything on the butt? They were real big for a while. I know, and I never had them because I thought they were basic. Paris would not appreciate you calling her basic. (laughs) Then I'm going to tell her. Okay. So Lori and Chad walking on the beach. She has refused to produce her children, and everyone is looking for them. There's now like court orders. If you don't produce your children, we will arrest you. And she doesn't produce her children. So she's arrested by FBI Candy. Oh, yeah. This was the first. Mr. McHottie, who flies her back to the mainland. I still haven't seen him. He's so cute. I haven't seen him. I have not seen him ever. I think I've maybe faked it before that I've seen him. (laughs) I've never seen him. I have no idea. This is so brave of you to admit this. He actually testifies at one of the pre-trials. For Chad, I think. In this episode? No, they don't show those clips. It was kind of boring, but he's still really cute. Yeah, he's leading her off the plane and she's in handcuffs. I'm only looking at her in her Hawaii sweatshirt and wondering if she didn't bring any clothes. And so she bought all the stuff. That's why I'm fascinated by the Hawaii paraphernalia. Right. She bought them at the gift shop there. And also, that's not cheap. I think that's why it's like they're spending money with no regard because that's the most expensive you could buy, you know? Yeah, that that's sweat skirt probably costs like $50. I was going to say $100. I think it's they know, you know, tourists are going to buy it. It's good business sense to do that. Yeah. So I like that you're fascinated by them, too, just for different reasons. It's just so boring. Oh, so dumb. Yeah. So she's arrested. They find Tylee and JJ's bodies in the backyard of Chad's home, which is just what everyone was fearing and so devastating. And JJ is wearing the pajamas from that last photo that we saw of him earlier in these red pajamas. That's new information. Yeah, so sad. Now, did we know before how they actually found the bodies? Did we know that it was through Alex's phone? Because that's how we... We were told that specifically here, right? No, it was for, well, they were tracking Alex's phone, but it was for Chad who had texted Lori. No, we texted Tammy about the raccoon. Sorry, texted Tammy. I found, I shot a ferret and I buried it out in the pet cemetery. But it was that and Alex's phone moving in that area at the times. Okay. At that day, they thought we got a, dig up that area. Right. Oh, so awful. Chad is arrested and he's arrested as he's driving away the day they find the the bodies. And these ladies are filming him and he's being arrested on the side of the road and they're woohooing and screaming, that's Chad. Like it's Johnny Depp or something. They are full woohooing. It's very weird. They are like, woohoo, girl trip, Chad Daybell. There he is. It's so funny, but they have gotten their 15 minutes. Like they, if I hope they sold that video and didn't just give it to the news because they can make money on that. 
that they've gotten their time on that video. Good for them. They were there at the right moment. But I feel really bad for them, though. You feel bad for who? The girls, just because I'm sure people are nasty because, I mean, what's actually happening at that moment is that these two children's bodies are being discovered. So it is horrible, but I don't think they knew it. No, I think they're more seeing this guy that we suspected did some horrible things is finally getting arrested. Exactly. And I don't think they meant to be like, woohoo. I think they more meant to be like, that's him. You jerk, but they don't say it in the video. And I was like, oh. <laughs> they're screaming like they're at a One Direction concert. The, kind of. Yeah, they're they're screaming like they're seeing someone famous. Yeah. But famous is a big word. He's infamous. Yeah. They're woohooing kind of like they're in a convertible, in a commercial, like what you'd see in a cosmetic commercial. Yeah. Speaking of cosmetic commercials, let's talk about Thrive. Thrive Cosmetics makes high-performance, vegan, 100% cruelty-free products without the use of parabens or sulfates. We stand behind Thrive's Bigger Than Beauty mission, and we stand behind Thrive Cosmetics because they seriously just make you look great. And what's wrong with that? Sometimes you just want to look great. And Thrive's skincare is just as good as their makeup. So it's a double whammy. It's a twofer. It's a twofer. Thrive's cosmetic products are made with clean, high-performance, skin-loving ingredients. Their clinically proven formulas not only highlight your best features, but they actually improve your skin over time. And Thrive Cosmetics never tests on animals. They are Leaping Bunny and PETA certified as 100% vegan and cruelty-free. Thrive has a bold mission that's truly bigger than beauty. For every product purchased, Thrive Cosmetics donates to help women thrive. That could be women emerging from homelessness, surviving domestic abuse, fighting cancer, and more. They have a list of where they donate on their website, so if you're interested, definitely check them out. It's why they're Cosmetics. Thrive Cosmetics also has a variety of sets available for the holiday season, which are perfect for gifting or treating yourself. I love a holiday set. I've said it before. I get very excited around this time of year because speaking of two furs, there's like two furs, three furs. So you can try several products at once and that's the best. Thrive Cosmetics most famous and beloved product is their Liquid Lash Extensions Mascara. Mm-hmm. It's my mom's favorite, and it has this incredible tubing technology that when you go to take it off, you can take it off with just water. You don't need any harsh eye makeup removers to remove it, and it comes off in these little tubes. I know. It's really cool. It thickens every lash. It's a really special mascara. If you haven't tried it, go check it out. And while you're there, pair it with the Defying Gravity Eye Lifting Cream. Mm-hmm. So it's all about the eyes this holiday season. I love the Defying Gravity Eye Lifting Cream. I've been using it for a couple of months now, and I've noticed a real difference. And I can't say that about every eye cream. I'm trying very hard to not sing Defying Gravity. You're welcome. I'm trying very hard to use the least I can so I don't use it up so fast. Yeah. And I use it in the morning and at night. It's actually really great if you do wear concealer to wear it under concealer because it doesn't make your eyes all creasy. Just a tip. But Also check out the Overnight Sensation Brightening Sleep Mask, which is another skincare product that you wear overnight and then you wash it off in the morning and it just makes your skin glow. It's perfect for the winter months if it's cold where you are. It helps dried out winter skin that gets real dried out from heaters. The Overnight Sensation Brightening Sleep Mask is a cure for that. 
Thrive Cosmetics is a brand with a bigger-than-beauty mission that knows how to go beyond just being skin deep. We love everything about Thrive Cosmetics, and we think you will too. Check them out. Their products are some of the best we've ever used, and they're a truly inspiring company. You're going to love them as much as we do, so visit thrivecosmetics.com slash date dateline for 15% off your first order. This is an exclusive offer you can only get here. That's Thrive, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S dot com slash date dateline for 15% off your first order. Thrivecosmetics.com slash date dateline. Yay! Ah, uh, ah. Uh. Ah, uh, ah, uh, ready to thrive, ready to thrive, ah, uh, ah, uh, ah, uh, ah, ready to thrive. Thank you, Thrive. Way better than me singing Defying Gravity. So Chad is charged with the murder of Tylee and JJ and Tammy because her death was ruled a homicide after she was exhumed. So that's most likely going to be included in the sixth episode whenever that comes out. Because I want a lot more details on that. His trial, Chad's trial, will be in the summer of 2022. And they are seeking the death penalty. And Nate thinks that they're going to point fingers at Alex and Lori. And that he's definitely not taking a plea deal. He's going all the way with this. Is charged with JJ and Tylee's murders and conspiracy to commit murder on Charles. Good. So that's a new one. And her trial is on hold because she is found not competent to stand trial. The podcasters think that she's faking it. It's hard to tell. Keith might think she's faking it, too. He would never say that. But it seems that he thinks she's faking it. I think Keith is leading us to believe that because it's pretty strongly suggested in the episode that she's very good at convincing people of things like how she turned around and got the victim's advocate from the police officers after Charles was killed. She's also been able to pass several psych evaluations. So she's either unwell and is able to convince people that she is of right mind Mm -hmm. or she is of right mind and she's able to convince people that she's not of right mind. Either way, she's very good. Yeah, it's very scary. So Keith wonders what would have happened if the police had helped Charles address her mental health issues because Charles is on body cam begging them like she's sick. She thinks I have a demon in me. She needs help. And the police refuse to talk to Dateline, but they're saying that their officers acted appropriately in that situation. That's hard. So Lori and Chad are in their cells. We don't know what they think. Nate thinks that they might think that none of this matters if they get the death penalty because Jesus will save them and they'll be reunited in the next life and they'll be married for the 45th time or however many times they've been married in past lives if they really believe it or they don't really believe it and they realize they are truly effed. We don't really know. The only reason I think that Chad is aware of what's happening is that in his phone call, when Lori calls him from prison, she calls him as he's before he drives away from as they're digging up the backyard. Yeah, this was in the last date line. He seems real down. Very down. He knows something's up and she's it's going to be fine. And he's like, yeah, now's not a good time. I feel like you wouldn't be upset, right? If this was God's plan and none of this mattered. Right. Would you? I mean, unless you guys needed to be together at the end times 
And this, he knew this was going to separate them because now the police were going to be involved. But really, jail cells should not stop you. If you're being like saved or floated up somewhere or like yeah. the jail will be demolished anyways and you'll walk out unscathed. I don't know what the rules are. I don't either. I'm, I'm unclear on the rules. Yeah, I, I think they are as well. It's a little fuzzy. All right. Yeah. It's very, very fascinating, though, and I cannot wait for the next episode. It's such a fascinating, very sad case, but truly fascinating. It never seems to end. Other, there's been other deaths in Lori's life, like another husband and her sister. So there's lots more. Like details on those, please. Maybe we'll have one just on her. Maybe they'll work on an episode that's just Lori's past but we could listen to that podcast hidden true crime which is apparently all about their case yes and so can everyone else so check it out well i don't know we haven't listened yet so we'll have to we'll have to check it out let's do outside information let's talk about where are chad's children they're on 48 hours they prefer cbs why? Because they loved CSI. Is that... I would like to know, like, legitimately why. I don't know. They're on 48 hours. That's fine. Dateline doesn't pay for interviews. I'm not sure if 48 hours pays for interviews. That's a good question. I can neither confirm nor deny that. That is just a wild guess. And they probably need money for a lawyer. Yeah. If I had to guess. So a few things that I learned from this is that, first of all, they fully believe that their dad's innocent. I think we mentioned that. They think that he was framed flat out by Alex and Lori. They think Lori was a terrible influence and Lori and Alex did it and he had no idea. And they're just trying to make it look like even though the bodies were buried at his house. They're making it seem like Lori was the serpent in the Garden of Eden. 100%. That she was the evil woman that made him bite the apple. So, sorry, is that, did he bite an apple? Am I thinking of Snow White? No. <laughs> Has anybody put that together before? Yes. Did Snow White steal that? We discussed it in our last re Blood Relatives. We did? Okay, cool. So we've put it together before. Great. Uh -huh. I put it together, yeah. Kimberly did. All right, great. I did not, so that's good. And I forgot, so that's good. The children did not want an autopsy of the mom. That was a big deal in this, that Chad was the one that rushed through after after Tammy died, that he had rushed through everything and like got her buried right away, no autopsy. And the children say in this episode that they were the ones that actually said no, because he was too distraught to answer the coroner. Yeah, so Shane, Dateline producer, says that they have heard that, but they are sticking with what they were told from the police which was that Chad refused the autopsy. I like it. They are sticking by their guns there. Okay, I think that's good. Also, the children were very surprised when Lori popped up in their lives two weeks after and married their dad. Mm -hmm. After she died, they didn't know about her. And they said, the daughter says very specifically that he may have been having an emotional affair, but that they don't know if it counts because the, he did not, quote, have sex with her until they were married in Hawaii. That's not correct. That That's not true. Unless she said no sex until marriage. They had spent time together overnight at retreats and such at her house. 
but with other people there. Okay. Yeah. I think that they made the rules as they went along, and I think that rule was that they could do it before. Yeah. So I <laughs> felt really bad for the daughter saying that because I just don't know if that's correct. They also, one of the biggest reasons they thought he was framed was because their dad, Chad Dabo, was a grave digger, one foot in the grave, remember? Mm-hmm. He wouldn't dig such a shallow grave because the two children were found in fairly shallow graves, that he would not do that. Okay. Thoughts? I thought that was the only good argument they had. (laughs) I don't think it has to be regulation if it's in your own backyard. And Alex was helping, and Alex probably sucks at digging. I don't think they ever suggested that Chad dug the graves, to be honest. So I don't think that really works. Also, the son confirms that they had been having raccoon problems. And so the raccoon text did not seem odd to them at all. Right. And also, there are two pet cemeteries. Yes. There is one pet cemetery over by the barn. Unfortunately, the pet cemetery with the freshly dug earth, where he'd said he'd buried the raccoon, is clearly the one where the children are. Yeah. Which is really weird. Also, they had, like you said, never heard about zombies at all. Yeah, that was very frustrating and very sad to see them on 48 hours saying, well, we know it's not true that he didn't believe that stuff because he never tried to recruit us. So if he had this like other church with, with zombies in the end times, why wouldn't he recruit his own children? And you just want to look at them and say, honey, sweetie. But, but why didn't he? I don't think he wanted the children around. I think he wanted to bone Lori all day. But he wasn't going to kill them. No, I just think he wasn't going to save them. Why did only Lori's children have to die? Because they were like actively living with Lori. Chad's children were a bit older. But how old were they? They, I think they were in college. None of them were home, right? Yeah. They were visiting. They were there when she died, but they, because they were like visiting. Okay. That's what I, my understanding was. The other reason they thought that he was framed is the location of the bodies, like Why would he bury them there? They have this huge property. And if you were smart at all, that was a good point that the daughter made, that you would go down by the ravine or there's all of this. There's tons of property there. Why would you go so close to the house? That all kind of made sense. Because you would bury them where there was already buried animals. So it would be like, that's why there's fresh ground earth. This is where we bury our animals. Yeah, I think more what I'm trying to say is I understand why the daughter thinks that. I understand if you were looking to convince yourself of something, these are good reasons. They're not terrible reasons. And then the other interesting thing that we find out is that one of the children tells us that forensics told him that his mom was asphyxiated. Oh. Sorry, not that she was asphyxiated, that she asphyxiated. She asphyxiated could be natural, like. She had lung fluid or something. Could be or could be not. But that is definitely what he was told by the person, by the medical examiner. It's just very, honestly, I felt like really badly watching the 48 hours. It made me just feel so badly for them. They're just so clearly in denial. It is. I And the 48 hours also goes into a lot of extreme detail about the deaths. So... I don't know. I I wasn't crazy about that, to be honest. Mm. Yeah. It's just very sad. There's you can tell that like some of the children 
are in less states of denial. Yes. But they're putting on a brave face so that they stay on the same team as the rest of their siblings. But there's like at least one that said a couple things where I was like, I feel like he thinks maybe the dad did it. I think he might be unsure. Yeah. But there's like five of them. There's quite a gaggle of them. But also, I think one of the hardest things is that these kids had two parents and within literally the space of a few months, they have none. Yeah. And maybe because of him. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty, that's pretty tragic. How can they say they never heard about zombies or all this stuff? He talked about this stuff on the podcast, right? It seems wild. Did he not talk about the zombie aspect of it? Were there some aspects that are like, you find that out later, like Scientology, where you find out about the gargoyles? It's not gargoyles, whatever they're called. <laughs> I know what you mean. Gorgons. Maybe. Ugh. I don't know. So sad. Yeah, really sad. B-roll bonanza. I didn't have anything new except the Rexburg water tower. Oh, yeah, that's right. I love seeing a water tower. I had, oh, Julie Rowe, the the girl, the End Times writer, is in front of a beautiful, is it a waterfall? Did you see where she is? Her background is like stunning. It's not waterfall. It's like this, it's just Colorado or wherever they are, Idaho. It's just gorgeous. It's ridiculous. Everything over there is so pretty. So... Keith in a Jeep is awesome. Yeah, I don't know why I wrote that. We already know that. Yeah. That's already done. There is an Austin Powers poster that is heavily featured in this. Did you spot it? No. It's behind. It's one of the main shots they show of Alex. I didn't spot it either. Props go to Oliver. Because he's like, what is that picture of the girls? It keeps. It's behind him every time. And it's it's a reddish background. It's the fembots. And it's the fembots and you see in the corner. And then at the top it says Myers. So it's an Austin Powers 2 or whatever. So remember what I said about Alex and how he's a basic bee who's carrying a red Solo cup. He's also still quoting Austin Powers well into the 2020s. Yeah. Shagadelic, baby. Is that what he's doing? 100%. Do I make you horny? 100%. That's Alex. If you go into a massage therapist office and that guy is there and he's your masseuse, walk away. Hightail it out of there. Yeah. If he quotes any Mike Myers, if he quotes Wayne's World or the other, but also think about how quotable Mike Myers was during a period of time. Oh, no. Yeah. He's a genius. Yeah. But that doesn't give us the right to still be quoting Austin Powers this many years later. I am in full agreement. I'm sorry if it made it seem like I was giving him a pass. Thank you. (laughs) You shall not pass. He cannot. No, that's enough of that. They're drinking those waters on the front porch, Jerry and Bobby, which are the names of Charles's brother, which, sorry, I probably should have told you that earlier. They're drinking body armor water, very specific brand water. I did notice that. Was that on purpose? They did not hide the labels. Yeah, that's interesting. Usually they would hide the labels. We have see Lori in a red cowboy hat over and over again. And a lot of lip liner, just a lot of heavy lip liner, no lipstick, and a choker and a cowboy hat. It's very 90s and it makes her eyes look poppin'. I, I was only staring at the lip liner, <laughs> which I, I know that look well. No comment. And I said that Tylee is wearing the kawaii shirt, which kind of broke my heart. And then... Charles's brothers, one is wearing a huge cross around his neck, like a rapper at the VMAs. I'm sorry, like a bishop, like an actual legitimate priest. 
Yes. But does he have a photo of Jesus on his shirt? Like right here? Yeah, um, he. Uh, it's not Jesus, I don't think. Is it the Virgin Mary? I think it's some. It's a saint, I think, of some sort. But is it sticking on his shirt like a sticker? He's wearing a lot of iconography. It looked to be what you would have a pocket protector that goes in your pocket and the flap out yes. comes out. That's what it looked like to me. He's making a statement, but from his words, I don't know what the statement is. We, I understand that he's religious. Was there a St. Charles? Probably not. I want to say yes. I, I definitely want to say yes. But also, it's very interesting because I don't believe the saints are in. And I could be totally wrong. It just looked like St. Charles. Yeah, city of St. Charles. What is St. Charles famous for? He's the patron saint of bishops. Okay. Cardinals. Oh, yeah, St. Charles, Louisiana. Seminarians. Seminarians and spiritual leaders. But I think he's make, trying to make a statement very clearly. Mm-hmm. They're both very bold. The cross is maybe two by two inches. A saint of, like, vengeance. It's definitely not a saint of forgiveness or something, because they don't forgive. But maybe it's, like, a whooping saint. Okay. Maybe. It could be just Jesus, but I don't know why he's wearing it. Yeah, I don't know either. If someone, if someone knows and they're in the LDS or something and they recognize what he's wearing, please let us know. Thank you. So, Chad, we've not discussed his wedding attire. You, you'd see that he's wearing like a linen hoodie, right? It's a hoodie? It's a hoodie. And again, I have to give props to Oliver, who spotted it. And he's like, is he in a hood? Is he wearing a hooded thing? I said, no, surely not. Yes, because there's one picture of her straight on where you just see the back of him. It's got a hood, like a hooded linen tunic. Actually, I can see that. I could see him loving a tunic because a lot of religious leaders wear tunics. So I can see him. With a hood? Not usually with a hood. But if you are a surfer, you wear a tunic with a hood. And I think he thinks he's like a Hawaiian cool surfer guy now. Religious surfer, Jesus. Except he's a huge nerd who looks like he manages a Chili's. Yeah, correct. You nailed that. All right. What do you have for titles? Sex with the Sexton. Yes. And then this is my really, I'm really proud of this. The sequel to Kings of Leon, The Sex is on Fire. The Sexton is on Loin Fire. Perfect. That's, that's all. Yeah. This sexton is on loin fire. Very good. It's a double play on words. It's really good. I'm not even going to do mine. Good job. No. What? Mine aren't very good. Come on. I'll, I'll pretend they are. No, you, you will not. I had self-sealing fate because they had self-sealed themselves together. Mm -hmm. And then I did Ned or again. I was <laughs> upset about the Ned situation. And then I did the other side of the wedding veil. Because oh. I kept talking about the other side of the veil. Mm-hmm. I like it. I did that. But I don't have any good ones about loin fire, because I'm probably going to come up with one in about 25 minutes. Yeah. And then you can just insert it. In the robot voice. This was epic. And this was an epically long recap. Good job, Kimber. Thank you. This was not that long. Quite short. It's a lot of info. Sometimes we can skip stuff. In this, it's the first time that I've told our editor... Adam, 
you're not going to be able to really cut content in this. This doesn't have a lot of content cuts because it's just every minute has yeah. new information. I was impressed with Dateline. Oh, wait, do we have Twitter? We have a little. Ooh, I'm excited. Okay. Armchair OC, I just told my wife that all I want for Christmas is an audiobook of Chad Daybell's Loin Fire, narrated by Keith. What do we have to do to make this happen? No, you don't, because remember, it says makeout session. You don't want it. Gary Georgievich, Loin Fire will be headlining Burning Man in fall 2020. Oh, yeah. DJ Loin Fire! <laughs> Dayline producer <laughs> said, Keith saying Loin Fire is not my ringtone. Just in case you somehow heard that. <laughs> That's really funny. Which I think that means it is his ringtone. 100%. Wait, I'm going to save that one. So then when Dateline asked if anyone had special powers or knew anyone who had special powers, Salsa Caliente 23 said Josh Mankiewicz. And Josh responded, depends on how you define special. And then... <laughs> Donna Movi said, I knew a woman who claimed to be an energy healer. I agreed to a session. She had these weird crystals that she spun around. The crystals told her I shouldn't eat bell peppers. I didn't stop eating them. That was about 10 years ago and nothing ever happened. Maybe because she kept eating bell peppers. Maybe something would have happened like she would have won a boat in a lot in a lottery. <laughs> Merlin0928 says, Keith Morrison has special powers. He could read my grocery list and make it sound fascinating and intriguing. The Brad Milner said, Zulema can conjure a hurricane, but can't fix her back. How sad. Because <laughs> she had a back problem. That is fascinating, isn't it? Isn't it? Wait, can she conjure them or can she just feel when they're coming? No, she's not like a dog where she can like, hmm, 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 earthquakes coming. She can make it happen. Come Zula, come Luna, come winds of the Caspian Sea. That's what I'm picturing is she's creating a tidal wave. Okay, great. Brad Milner said the eternally quiet ginger sidekick returns, except he had some lines this time. Go, Eric. Oh. Drummer the Dateline dog, who is our friend Natalie and her dog, Drummer. Viola? Ned? How does Chad come up with these names? Do you think he has that big book of baby names? I kind of do. So I kind of think he's stealing them from Twilight movies because I still feel like James and Elena sound like Twilight movie fanfics. Could be. I used to steal them from the phone book. Okay. Wow. For, for fan fiction? For my paper dolls. They all had names. I would write them on the back and they all had first, last and middle names. I really liked names because mine was boring. Haley Deanna 173. I've said it before and I'll say it again. Chad looks like a big toe. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it does. And lastly, Brad Milner, Dateline questioning if we know anyone with special powers? Hmm, that's sus. Sounds like they're trying to get us to snitch on superheroes. Oh, <laughs> interesting. Uh-oh. And when Kimberly and I said which powers we wanted to have, that did not in any way mean we had them. Okay, bye, everyone. Bye. <laughs> Follow us on social media. Thank you so much. Bye. Check out A Day with the Bake. It's fun. If you haven't listened to it yet. And I'll know if you aren't because I can not read your mind. Never mind. Bye, everybody. <laughs> oh, bye, everybody. Be your own Bugatti. Stay fresh cheese bags.